Hello friends, welcome to another episode of Off The Beaten Podcast, a podcast about the city of Chicago and its people. This is where you will hear discussion with the amazing people who make this city unique. I'm your host, Dion McGill, a lifelong Chicagoan, former public school teacher, communications jack-of-all-trades, and all-the-time caffeine fiend. Speaking of caffeine, let me tell you right off the press, if you give me the next hour of your life, I'm going to completely change the way you think about coffee. I'm so excited. But before that, let me start this episode by offering a huge thank you to Delinda Watkins, who bought me a cup of coffee over at buymeacoffee.com. If you're not familiar with that website, buymeacoffee.com is a perfect way for you to support this podcast. All money raised over there goes right back into the pod uh, and, you know, you know, some of the stuff don't pay for itself. So thank you, Delinda. You are the bomb. And there will be a link to buy me a coffee down in the episode notes. All right. So this episode, I had the pleasure of talking with Alicia and Devin, two of Chicago's newest coffee roasters about their company, Bay Coffee. I came across Bay on Instagram and I was immediately taken in by their amazing photos and videos. From there, I think I reached out first and had a conversation on the phone with Alicia. Uh, That seems like forever ago now, but I'm so happy to finally get this episode out. Oh my God. After this convo, I totally walked away having an even greater appreciation for coffee than I already did. And I think you will too. So without further ado, this is my conversation with Elisa and Devin of Bay Coffee. So Off The Beaten Podcast is about Chicago generally. Uh, and so I always ask, and I know you guys aren't originally from Chicago, right? I am from the suburbs. Okay. I grew up on the East Coast. I grew up in Baltimore, uh, lived there, was born there, uh, moved to Boston when I was younger, or a little bit older rather, still pretty young though, uh, seven or eight, and lived there for you know, 13, 14 years, and then I uh, moved out here when I was about 21. So at this point, Chicago is is clearly home. Uh, Absolutely. But yeah, East Coast transplant. So like I brought that attitude with me originally. And that was there was very difficult <laughs> paradigm shift out here, comparatively <laughs> speaking. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, so, you, you live and you learn. So did you guys meet before you came to Chicago or did you meet here? No, we met here. We met oh, here okay. actually at a coffee shop. Do um, tell. Yeah, so I was working at a coffee shop in River Forest, um, kind of midway between, you know, where I had grown up and where we live now. Um, And I was working there right out of school um, as like, you know, counter register girl, barista, whatever. Um, And Devin would come in uh, three times a week for an eight shot espresso over ice. Oh, is an accurate response to his order. (laughs) You know, and that's how we met because I fell for the guy with too much caffeine and the glasses and the bike helmet. Oh, back then it was, I was just trying to keep going. (laughs) I dig it. I dig it. And at the time you were a chef, right? Yep. Uh, I was, uh, I had just taken over. Um, I just left my job as the chef of Marion Street Cheese Market and taken over this little place in Forest Park, uh, which is now the Heritage. Um, no longer. No longer. Where? Really? Yeah, they shut Gone? down. Yeah, oh, wow. COVID. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, I had taken over this little place out in Forest Park, and um, I, I was just—it was basically me and one other guy in the kitchen. We were doing everything. We were washing all the dishes too. It was like almost semi-illegal kitchen, like 
fan. Uh, there was no real exhaust fan. We were doing some really beautiful food and, um, was, it was responded to well. Um, and yeah, I, had, I was just lucky enough to be able to meet her. Oh, <laughs> that's so cool. Okay. So I am so like, I'm so rude. Would you please introduce yourselves oh, for, yes. my, for, for my listeners? I'm like the rudest person in the world. Hadley, no, you're not. We are. We just kind of barged into the party without an introduction. So I'm Alicia. I'm the co-founder of Bay Coffee. And my name's Devin. And I'm also the co-founder of Bay Coffee. Yes. Co-founder of Bay Coffee. Beautiful. So so give just tell like give me a, a brief synopsis of Bay Coffee. Yeah, absolutely. It is a boutique roasted coffee uh, with a fair wage structure from farm to cup. So um, we only engage with uh, buyers and farmers who guarantee fair wages for the people growing and picking their beans. Uh, We work with uh, Brewpoint Workshop, which is out in Elmhurst. We use their equipment. So it's all very, um, you know, high efficiency, not wasteful in any way. Um, And we roast small batches to make sure that every origin of bean gets the consideration and love it deserves. (laughs) thank you i love it i love it okay so how does how does a person wake up one day and just decide i'm gonna become a coffee roaster like how does that happen i still don't know how to answer that (laughs) i mean we were in in the throes of the pandemic and i had just been i had just been um furloughed or finally like like let go because i i'd worked even through the first month and a half of the pandemic as a chef still and then as it kind of petered out through May and cases continued to rise, you know, there was really no, there were no events. There, there was nothing that was going to, you know, happen. So, you know, I got let go and we were both at home yeah. and it had never really been the case. Like both of us are industry people. So we're constantly at work and like, you know, yeah. it really <laughs> left to our own devices. We, we started going stir crazy. Yeah. And mulling, <laughs> and mulling through every single, what, what, like, what options do we have? What can we do? Right. What do we love? What do people need? What's not going to change? What's, you know, and, and the thing that we were super passionate about, right. So we're both in hospitality, Devin back of the house, me, I was in hospitality marketing. And, um, so obviously my whole calendar got blown up by COVID also, you know, I'm trying to operate six to eight months out. There is no such thing as a calendar anymore. Right. So I got furloughed last March, like, just totally like they were like, hi, thank you. Thank you. Like, there's no need for you. And so when we're having these conversations, all the things that we're passionate about, all the things that we're thinking of starting up are still going to be directly affected by the pandemic because they're all still hospitality based. They're still food based. They're still drink based. You know what I mean? We were like, well, let's just do our own private thing. Let's do, you know, charcuterie boards. And, but like people weren't, this was too early. This was before we knew, you know, one household maximum. This was before we knew anything. And so nothing we came up with that like was in our normal realm of thinking was actually going to be feasible or made sense to launch because it was still too like traditional thinking in terms of like bringing hospitality to people as a service. So then we started thinking of it was like small cafe concepts. Like, is it a bike? Is it a truck? Is it a right. whatever? It's like, we could like, but then what again, what was vessel? the timeline for a cafe? What was the timeline yeah. for serving food? Like this was all happening like April, May when we still had no idea what was going on. Right. And then when we started thinking less in terms of a service to provide and more in terms of like a product, it was kind of one of those, like, at least the way I remember it, like kind of one of those lightning strike moments where it's like, Oh, 
You know what I mean? Like suddenly I remembered we met in a coffee shop. Suddenly I remembered like we have nothing but time on our hands. I started my career in coffee. Like before I was a chef, I was a barista. It was the first thing I did when I was 16. I mean, I dropped out of high school when I was 16 and, you know, had no, had no direction. And that was the direction that I took and like managed to be an assistant manager at a coffee shop. And that was really, really busy in Boston. A lot of the drive and a lot of the reasons that I like wanted to become a chef ultimately were because of like being great at that thing, being in it, watching people like there used to be these like Italian professors at BU that would come in and they'd be like, you only, you can make my drink. Like get off the register, please. Can you (laughs) make my drink? And I'd be like, all right, fine. Make their cappuccinos. And like, it was, I don't know. This little redhead. It was, (laughs) it was just like the first time that I had felt up to that point. Like I was great at anything. Yeah. It, it just made a lot of sense to us. Like, Like this, it seems to be the catalyst for so many good things in our life. Why not? it'd be where we really launch from. And uh, so since we were able to do that from product perspective, then mm-hmm. it was a question of like, okay, well, how do we actually go about doing that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So uh, just as I'm uh, like listening to you, I, I worked at Starbucks once upon a time, very recently actually, but <laughs> for, three, for three years. And it's funny you, you mentioned that because um, we had a young man, uh, that I worked with uh, named David and David was very similar. Like he was very masterful. Like there's something to that, right? When mm-hmm. he made drinks, they, you know, people were like, my drink doesn't taste the same if David doesn't make right. it. It's like the weirdest sensation. You're like, well, I didn't know that I could do that. Like yeah. up to that point, you're it's, I was just uh, anything I had touched had been just normal. And yes. there's something amazing about, realizing that if you take care and consideration and time and and really if you do the same things the same way every single time and you really pay attention then it comes out differently yeah and i don't know uh, like especially from that point it just made a lot of sense no that's what's up it yeah and it translated really well to roasting and profiles and techniques and like all of my um all of my cooking experience up to this point seems to just kind of have laid the framework for you know, it, it being a cafe and it having all these, these angles. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, w- which is great. So let's talk a little bit about, um, I have yet to, to taste any Bay coffee. I'll, I'll admit that, we but need to change. Which yeah. we need to change. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but like, how did you guys come up with, like if, if anyone who visits the site, uh, the aesthetic is just amazing. It's beautiful, right? It's, it's comforting, it's like a lot of pinks, but it's not like overly. It's just like kind of fits this perfect space where I'm like, oh yeah, I want to get out with something, you know? Because part of it is that aesthetic that is created before you even have, you know, your first sip. So how did you guys and the name, of course? Like, how did you guys come up with with like those concepts? Was that yeah. like a long discussion, or did it just pop out of there? Um, Bay just kind of like came up it just kind of happened i mean and it's probably you know if i really trace it back so quick sidebar i'm a graphic designer i've been in marketing i've worked with startups before so like i've i've launched brands and done you know brand concepts from the ground up for a while as a freelancer oh wonderful Um, okay and so that's kind of where you know my like background lies so but the name bay like 
Bay Coffee, if I track it back, very likely is from, you know, spending endless, quote, COVID hours on TikTok and other things like that, right? <laughs> Everything is Bay, Instagram Bay, Bay. Yeah. You know I mean, like, it's very, so I, the name is very, like, internet native in terms of, like, a term. Absolutely. But, right. So... I'm sure that deep back in my old reptile brain, there's a seed there that very much is from all the time I was, you know, spending doom scrolling on TikTok and Instagram. <laughs> but after that, um, in terms of the aesthetic, so sidebar, thank you so much. Cause obviously I'm also in terms of, you know, the design, like that's very much kind of my bread and butter too. And um, we just, you know, in in talking about the brand, because we do, even though we each have our own kind of expertise, right? Devin, I'm very much on the cup flavors and me very much more on like the back end and branding, just in terms of our background. You know, we've talked about how, what's the quickest way to get our brand to stand out, either on mm-hmm. a shelf, in a grocery store, you know, on website, like you're saying, on Instagram, on TikTok, whatever this is. And it's like, if you notice a lot of coffee brands, so obviously I started doing coffee brand research on on Instagram, Pinterest, whatever. And a lot of them are like, you know, really focused on the plant. There's a lot of line drawings. There's a lot mm-hmm. of off-white, you know, high grain paper, aesthetic, browns, natural colors, whatever. And I was like, well, that's all very well and good. Love to see it. But that's not who Bay is because from that one syllable, those three little letters, it blows up literally all of that. So it felt like if we were going to try to fall into an aesthetic that we had seen, you know, from a lot of other coffee companies just across the board, it was not going to be in alignment. It was going to feel really disingenuous. And so we decided to just totally blow it up and, you know, what's the opposite of brown? Okay, well, it's like pink, but we need a grounding color. Okay, so we'll use like this little burnt orange and charcoal and not that, you know, not that true black, not this high contrast, more like high energy. It's kind of trying to convey, you know what I mean? Oh, and you see, the minute you go on the website, you like see it and just everything on there. I'm just like, oh yeah, it just has this vibe. It's so cool. Good. It's so cool. It's supposed to be a vibe. I love that. Yes, I dig it. And then the names of like the different, you know, different roasts, it just all fits together. It's perfect. It's just so perfect. I I dig it. And that's why I was like so excited because, I mean, we originally talked back in, I believe, November. Um, And so... You know, it, it was like I was just so excited. I was hoping we could obviously do this in person, you know, because I was like, right. I intended to have you make me a coffee. I was like, I'm going to make me a cup of coffee so we, <laughs> so we can keep this up. It's still going to happen. <laughs> but we'll make that happen down the road for sure. Because um, yeah. I'm so cute. Like, I so much, I like want to like kind of like explore with you all but you know it'd be more in person for sure like what is like so like the roasting process like what is that like like i i know nothing about that at all yeah i just want to start off real quick but two things she had said that her background was predominantly you know marketing Mm -hmm. who does the majority of the roasting right now Oh, I'm guessing it's that. Oh, absolutely. It's absolutely. Her All story. right, Alicia. <laughs> so like, kick it, that kick is it. also <laughs> a thing. Um, you, you are very much helming this at, the, at, at its current state. So I just I need to give props where props are due. You can't oh, that's perfect. the audio format, but I'm blushing. Oh, that's perfect. Audio. Indeed. I, <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but so to answer your question about the roasting process, so basically you asking that question is the question we asked after, how about we start a coffee company? <laughs> so it was, how about yep. we start a coffee company? Oh my God. How do you roast how coffee? How do you roast coffee? <laughs> we know nothing about this. Right. So that was very much like very on track. Um, we also realized that we had no, nothing but time. So to be like, intimidated by a process because of the time it was going to take, like we were going to be in quarantine anyway. So absolutely might as well, like put that to some use. Um, a lot of Scott Rao books, a lot of, a lot of, so it was a lot of reading, a lot of like reaching out. Um, we got connected through a kind of a business collective. Um, they help with finances, legal, you know, whatever, um, oh, wonderful. small businesses and startups. They're called allies for community business. Previously they were called Axion and I had been connected with them through a freelance client of mine from a couple years back, basically mm-hmm. reached out to the contact I still had. And I was like, Hey, uh, I know I reached out to you previously. Here's a crazy new concept. Anyone in your network that you can recommend just for us to get in talks with. And of course, because this community is so amazing, Rowan, my contact there was basically like, oh yeah, I actually have someone who wants to like partner and connect with coffee startups specifically. Here's Here is her phone number. A week later, we're on the phone with her, Melissa Villanueva, who owns Brewpoint with her husband, Angelo. Yeah. And like from the beginning, she was like asking all the right questions. She was like very invested in getting us started. Like that was super obvious. And so on my birthday of last year, July 3rd, we went and met with her because I was like, I am getting a new job for my birthday. Like that is my, that is our present to me. Yep, I love it. <laughs> we met with her and we drew up this agreement of like, you know, we would come in rent time on her roaster, but they were also going to put us both through coffee school. So read these books, come in for this eight hour session we're going to show you everything about the software. We're going to show you everything about the roaster. And then it's, you know, semi-supervised when you're roasting your coffee from here on out. But it's, it was a crazy process to get acclimated to, but they were there, like everyone at Brewpoint, including Angelo, Pete, the guy who helped us very much. So in the beginning, our teacher, um, was just like so invested in making sure we were able to do this autonomously and and comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And it it was for me, like it was very intuitive because it was very similar to a lot of the cooking processes that I've gone through and, and Mm -hmm. like, like, which is interesting and you wouldn't expect from the outside. Like I wasn't expecting you to be Devin as familiar with it as you suddenly became because of how paralleled it was to cooking. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. It's just certain things that like, I don't know. I I kept likening it to cooking a piece of fish where you have to get the pan really screaming hot. But then when it's at smoke point to just to cut the heat, once you add that piece of fish in the pan so that it can gently come back down to temperature and Mm -hmm. caramelize properly and really like beautiful, like dark brown. And like you can adjust and baste and and, like all these things that, are very similar to the way that you end up roasting a coffee bean where you start at a really high temperature and then you like catch them and, and then, and then sort of gently, gently, gently guide them through the cooking process until they're just perfect. Yeah. And, and like, like reducing the heat slowly, slowly, slowly over yeah. time that like, like unless you're a big batch coffee roaster, that's the way you're approaching them. All, all right. of our third wave roasters are like in that same mindset. Yeah. And Except for like Starbucks, which like their coffee, they're taking, massive quantities 
and yeah. throwing them all in at once and then cooking them at a really high temperature until they blow out all of like all the fats and oils. Till they the get end. to that like traditional like <clears throat> dark roast. French yeah. Italian like – but like that is not – playing homage to the bean itself right yeah. to like what the bean wants to taste like what the bean has in itself its best possible qualities i liken it a lot to like painting right so like if you're painting a water scene for example are you going to use orange to try to paint like a blue ocean like no you're going right. to use a blue paint to get those blue hues that you want or you're going to use cool paints to get the hues that you want the cool hues that you want right if you're using a bean in a similar way and trying to get it to a potential that it doesn't inherently have, like you're going to end up with mud. You're going to end up with just, you know, when you mix all your paint colors together, you're going to end up with that muddy, that muddy taste, that muddy color, that muddy visual. Um, And it's very much the same with these like flavor profiles, which is why we, we only roast to like 10 pound maximum weights at a time. So all of our coffees are like hyper-focused, Yes, it takes a little bit longer or a lot longer, I guess. But like at the same time, we think it's so worth it because so for every single batch that we do, we are, you know, we are monitoring the temperature like every degree that it changes. We are watching our software. We watch this curve kind of take place as the gas is changing with the temperature and color change of the bean from green to this yellow to that gorgeous brown. We're listening to it so that, you know, there's this thing that happens that's called first crack, which is basically like kind of when that coffee bursts into, you know, not literally, but kind of like kind of bursts into its flavor potential. And that's kind of when those flavors begin to reveal themselves. So yeah. it's listening, it's looking, it's smelling, it's seeing, it's, it's every single sensory thing that you could imagine. At the same time, you're doing math, you're, you know, looking for potentials, you're watching graphs. So it's like this perfect balance of art and science. And yeah. we found that the best way to do that is in this kind of hyper controlled, really respectful, small batch boutique way so that we can make sure those warm color beans have warm colors to offer. Those cold color beans have cool colors to offer. And we're not putting a bean into, you know, or trying to get a flavor out of a bean that it doesn't inherently have because that feels disrespectful because it's a plant. (laughs) <laughs> oh that's amazing thank you so thank you so much for that like i just i just learned tons i'm i'm like excited and i'm like i'm probably drinking bullshit <laughs> that's the downside like you're like oh i'm probably drinking bullshit right now and so i need to like you know but like oh i i love the passion of it too i like it's just palpable like you're like just like you know talking about the beans and being respectful to like that's amazing to me like oh, thank, thank you guys so much for that yeah. um, so I have to ask, so before Bay, mm-hmm. what what was generally your go-to coffee? Like, was there something like that you guys generally drank, you know? I was a tea drinker. I still oh. am. <laughs> okay, all right. She did a flip. <laughs> she did, she, you know what? I can relate to that because, Good. I mean, um, well, I mean, it was 10 years ago now, but I OD'd on caffeine uh, years ago. I mm-hmm. could not drink it. Like even a cup of green tea would make me sick. Yeah. And then just over time, I kind of built 
a tolerance for it. Um, I still, I can totally overdo it. Like it was funny. Last time I tried cold brew was terrible. I thought I was gonna have to go to the hospital. I was like, okay, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not feeling good. Having Some, a panic attack. Something's, something's happening here. <laughs> <laughs> but my I do dream. My heart is in my throat. And seriously, uh, yeah. but I, I, I've kind of embraced now. Like I'm now I'm a little bit of a caffeine fiend, but it, <laughs> it has to be very controlled. So, so I, I could, you know, appreciate that because I still drink a, I still drink tons of tea. Yes. Um, when I'm like, okay. I've had I've had my fill. <laughs> One right. more is gonna be too much. So let's let's switch over to some tea. So I appreciate that. Absolutely. Downgrade. We downshift to the tea. It's real different. I don't know if it's like a leaf thing or whatever, <laughs> but yeah. So I'm very much a tea drinker. Like still am, but like but but now I can like taste the nuances in coffee. So that when I uh. when I do drink it, I'm like, oh, like this is not like a treat, but I treat it kind of like research of like, okay, like now that it's not part of my everyday palette, how do we like, I like this. How do we replicate this? That's kind of yeah. how I approach it now. And for you, coffee dove. Uh, I would always try everything. Eight constantly. shots of espresso. Well, no, I mean, that was, okay. Um, <laughs> it was a different time. <laughs> he, was, he was younger. <laughs> it was a time. I was just trying to get by. All right? It's hard to handle all the time. Now I'm not so sure. So, I mean, I've had a, a, a different relationship with, coffee and coffee beans and I, I don't know i would um I, I moved back to baltimore um two years ago to take care of my mom when she was dying mm-hmm. and um i would get one of the origin stories of this business is that one morning i, I worked at this catering company there because i i could get up really early in the morning and uh be done by like 2 p.m so i could take her to chemo and um mm-hmm. like one morning she got up really early with me and was like trying to make me coffee. And it was very difficult for her to do so. And I was like kind of pissed and I was like, I have to go to work. I'm going to be late. And she's like, no, like I'm making you coffee right now. Life's too short for bad coffee. And I'm like, Oh, okay. And I shut up about it. And I, I I let her make me that coffee and I was 15 minutes late for work and everybody survived and I had I had a significantly better day because of it and I took that time and really honestly the part of the be, like it being bay is before all else coffee like life is too short for bad coffee it's like this is it's one of those first steps that you take to treat yourself to be part for it to be a ceremony for it to be um you got to take those little moments and take that time with people. And like, if you, you don't, you're missing the point of life in general. Yeah. So that, that's part of it in the city. (laughs) Side note in the city, um, (laughs) metrics really good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) back to the original question. Um, No, no, thank you for sharing that. Ceremony coffee roasters. They were amazing. Uh, all of their yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like I like people that pay attention to the beans, and they aren't about uh, just the the profiteering of the of the, the business. Output. We had the pleasure to meet Chris from Sparrow. Yeah, that we, was amazing. Okay. Like their whole business model is again that respect for the bean. Like yeah. I'm I'm always happy drinking a cup of Sparrow coffee because like you can just you can feel the care and the love in it um yeah. it's so evident in their business model and the equipment that they have you know what i mean like we walked through their their production site their warehouse and it's just you know so they're also a beautiful 
place yep. that I feel comfortable with. We used to drink a lot of, I feel like, Metropolis back in the day, too. Okay. Because uh, yeah. Buzz Cafe used yeah, to sell it. Yeah, and Oak Park back in the day. Um, yeah. In uh, Dark Matter for a time. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Cycled sure. through all the Chicago. It's been like phases, you know what I mean? All the yeah, you know, it's it's a co- like I mean it took me years to kind of realize this is a coffee town. Yep. You yep. know, and so yeah, it's it's cool. Uh, and th- Devin, thank you for sharing sharing that for sure. Um I- I'm sorry to hear about, you know, the loss of your mom. Um, and I actually had written that down. You had mentioned that in another interview you've done, and I just think that's such a powerful like I think life is so simple. I'm most people think life is simple. And I, I work for this huge organization that remains nameless. Um, and I'm always like, no matter what's going on, I'm like, look, man, you know, like none of this is like life threatening, you know, and I, I kind of yeah. always have that kind of outlook. So when someone's like, man, life's too short for a bad cup of coffee, I'm like, oh, that hits me. It hits me right here, baby. <laughs> That's and it did. And it, it's like it's one of those moments where you just you stop and you're 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 gobsmacked at how utterly starkly simple it can be mm-hmm. and how difficult we make it yes yes absolutely i couldn't agree more thank you for that i, I had another question um what has been for 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 the both of you um and i and i'm, I'm gonna give a shout out to uh stephanie fuccio uh she's a another podcaster she actually does a podcast on coffee specifically so i stole this question from her because when i heard her ask this question i was like oh that's so good yes. what has been your definitive coffee experience up to this point Ooh. if you can remember it <laughs> i was gonna <laughs> I mean, right in my solar plexus. Like, Hold on, I need you to give this question the respect it deserves. And and that's why I have to give credit that this is not my question because that's a good. It's a. It's good. It's good. That's a good question. Thank you. And if I can, I'll go ahead and and, and offer mine just to give yeah, you a, a good model. My definitive coffee experience, I lived in Germany. This would have been back in 2004. I lived in Germany for a year and a half, and I went to this cafe, and I ordered, you know, and it was like a very simple menu. So I think I ordered like a, a cappuccino, something, something similar, and just, uh, no, you know what? It was, a, it was a mocha. So they brought it to me. And it was just, you know, a very small cup. Like, I was like, what is this? And it had a little piece of chocolate, a wafer, and a very tiny spoon. And she sat it there. And I never saw the woman again for like another half hour. Like, <laughs> and, and, you know, and then a German told me, and he goes, very similar to something, you know, so like you said, he was like, coffee is to be enjoyed. You don't rush that. You know, they let you sit and relax and enjoy your coffee. And when the guy said that to me, I was like, oh, man, this is how it's supposed to be done. And it just totally blew my mind. I sat there just sipping my, you know, sipping my my mocha, dropping the chocolate in it, a little stir. And I was like, oh, this is. And that was when I first got an appreciation um, at all for coffee was that moment. And so I'll never forget that. Just Mm -hmm. sitting in this cafe in Germany. Like for a half hour, just enjoying my little cup and loving it. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much for going first <laughs> because that gave me time. So my answer is not not same, different country. So mm-hmm. when I was studying abroad, I was in college, my junior year of college. Um, I was in Florence on the uh, visual arts track in Florence because, like, where else are you going to go? And <laughs> um, right. 
David's right there. Like it's happening. She's happy. <laughs> so um, we, we were in this drawing class that was on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And up until that point, like any college student, you're like kind of drinking coffee to like stay alive, like stay on mm-hmm. task, like get shit done. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I had never experienced coffee as like a ritual. I'd experienced it only as a routine. And then you go to Italy. So I went and I would go to these drawing classes again, twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursday mornings. And there was this little tabaki, which is kind of like, kind of like a cafe, but they also sell like tobacco and little things and lighters and stuff you may need. And there's a little cash machine in there and like, whatever. Right. So there was one of those around the corner from the studio where I would be and I don't know what got it into my little American brain, but I was like, I'm going to be a regular at this tabaki and it is going to be the best thing of my life. And it was because I was there for four months. And by the end of it, I would walk in on those days. They would already be making my cappuccino that they would put the little brown sugar cube on the plate with the tiny spoon. And I would sit, during these, you know, studio breaks that were like maybe a half hour, 45 minutes long, very, very leisurely in Italy. And so I would kind of just sit there, go through my sketchbook, like collect my thoughts with coffee. And that had never been the case before. Like it had always been like coffee and then you have thoughts because like, that's the order of things, how it needs to go. And when I would sit in that tabaki or I would walk, like you never walk with your coffee. You sit with your coffee yeah. in Italy. And so they don't even have to-go cups, but it was like this experience of this cappuccino with this tiny little sugar and you go, bloop, stir it on in, kind of like you were saying, Dan, with the chocolate in Germany and just sit there and sip and like think with the coffee. I think that's my like defining coffee experience because it was like the peak of that luxury. And again, transforming that coffee for me from routine to ritual. I came back and I never took advantage of a coffee like ever again. After that semester, I like couldn't, it felt disrespectful if I'm now tracking that thought process, like through my life. That is, I think where it originated for sure. Oh, I love it. Your turn. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I'm glad both of you went first because I I struggled with this question because I, I kind of viewed it, it – it's very difficult for me because I, I think I from starting at the service end of it, I've always had it as it's something that I'm creating rather than consuming. And I, like to the eight shots thing, like I, I would use it as a crutch for a time. And I've grown an appreciation for I think – like the gravity of a coffee experience over time. Um, and one such place was uh, where I took you in Maryland, uh, Artifact, right? Yes, Artifact. And it's this little cute cafe um, in, uh, I can't remember the name of the district, but it's like right off um, the, uh, right off the highway um, in, I can't remember any part of Maryland right now. Um, alas. Uh, it's this really adorable cafe and I would get a pour over and I would sit outside with the dog and it was one of the, and I'd see, I'll just sit and like watch the birds land on the trees and look like they were music notes. And it would always like hit me. I, I don't know. I, I really 
genuinely feel like I personally need to also take more time with it. Mm -hmm. Just like hearing your experiences and, and like, like I still view coffee as something that's going to get me through and I need to, you know, give more credence to its ability to actually be transformative and, and and experiential. Sorry. Yeah. Long and short of it. But I no, that's wonderful. To the life's too short for bad coffee, right? It, it it is that. It is the the birds look like music notes on telephone wires moment. It, it is right. the like it is the seeing things in a different way if you let it be that for you. And if you're just powering through, right? Like we all do pretty much all the time before COVID, like, I think that, you know, we were very much just like getting through the day, like powering through day to day, whatever. And yeah. COVID, we were all forced to slow down. Right. So, like, so true. Right. Right. <laughs> to, to a lot of detriment, to be honest. I mean, like, hello, seasonal affective disorder for 12 months in a row. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like cabin fever, whatever you want to call it. But f- that forced to slow down, you could either, you know, capitulate to that and and feel it in your body or then come through and see you know where can I designate that extra time what deserves that extra time that I now have and like letting it be coffee is I think a new way to to see something the commodity that we all just kind of you know take for granted there's a Starbucks in every corner like you know hipster town has a cafe and a whatever and they all wear hats and bow ties or you know whatever like yeah no yeah coffee and cafe society in general like we've all had to slow down and i think that like what you're saying about that transformative aspect of is now kind of more readily available to people than ever Mm -hmm. no i appreciate and i appreciate this conversation because it's one of those things like like i don't think most people don't think of coffee in this way you know, most people don't think of it as an experience. Like, I love to use that word from routine to ritual because that's not like how most people think of it. Right. Um, but once you because it, it can be uh, an escape, you know, that could be your escape for the day or, right. or your, your moment to uplift for the day. Or, you yeah. know, so obviously most people like to start their day. But I don't think most people think of that as like, oh, this is my ritual to start my day. Right. I'm going to have my coffee, you know, in the same way. um, like I have a friend who does the, who who knows how to do like the 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 green tea. Like, you ever see like a tea ceremony? Yeah, very similar way. Like it's mm-hmm. a it, that's a ritual, right? And it yeah. adds something to this. It makes it more than just tea. And right. I don't think most people think of coffee in that way, right? Because it's just like yeah. it's coffee, <laughs> right? Exactly. And like so interesting to that point because like right, they're both caffeinated. They're both mm-hmm. you know kind of serve the same purpose. But there is the term tea ceremony, yes, from from Eastern cultures. But there's not the term coffee ceremony from these European cultures that you know very much defined kind of that that cafe society that I was talking about. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. That there is that line. Like, I think that we really do treat coffee like a magic bullet and it's, you know, it's not, Oh, here's Bowie, by the way. Oh, hello. No no worries at all. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think that that's that parallel that you draw to tea is interesting because I think that that pause for coffee there doesn't exist yet. Maybe we'll be part of creating that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if uh, there's a there's a cafe here in the city. Um, I visited a couple times. I'm hoping because it's like because I, I find myself drinking. Like I, I 
during COVID, I've made it a point to visit cafes on the like once we were kind of able to get out. So I visit cafes at least one a weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's one up on the north side, Side Practice Coffee. Uh, the 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 owner of that is an old old friend of mine. So like love his place. It's, it's it beautifies a totally different. Originally was side practice coffee. I think that was copywritten. So now it's side. <laughs> so, so now it's you know side pro, uh, side pro, uh, side practice. Now was side project. Gotcha. Um, but this space where people who do side hustles could yeah. have a place to come and work together to congregate. Um, so when you go, like he sells all these different kind of items that yeah. you know people have created, uh, and it's just beautiful. It's amazing. It's a beautiful little space. Um, but there's a place in. Lakeview <laughs> called Coffee, Hip Hop, and Mental Health. And I'm super fascinated with that place. And I met the owner and he just said, he goes, yeah, he goes, we're just trying to, you know, um, regular, you know, uh, normalize this idea of mental health. Yes. And, and, you know, like, and it was just so, and using coffee as a vehicle for that. And I was just kind of like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Okay, yeah. and it's you know also an, a be- if you ever get a chance to visit, it's a beautiful space. Um, the uh, Chris is the the owner's name. Super nice gentleman. I'm hoping to have him on. Yeah. Um, but it's just interesting how like people are starting to try to change that concept. Mm-hmm. You know, coffee yeah. is something more than just coffee, and I I dig that. I dig that. So you, yeah, yeah you guys are on the tip of it. Let's do it. Yes, it. <laughs> and it's so funny too. Like you know all. Now that we're like talking about it out in the open, but like what, like coffee is so connective, right? You're like, oh, mm. grab a cop, like pre-COVID, obviously. Now it's like the wild west over here. But like <laughs> pre-COVID, it was like, oh, let's let's grab a coffee. Let's do an interview over coffee. Why do, why are we having coffee? It's like to casualize things. It's to make people comfortable. It's to put people in a in a comfy space, non-threatening, very like easy to take in. And so like coffee already has that cultural kind of potential and so yes. i think if you keep naming it as such it's just going to keep getting more and more of the ritual respect that it deserves oh i love it so so you guys kind of hit on this earlier and and i was I, I this was something i was wondering about so you mentioned like brew uh brew point workshop yeah so outside of that have you had interactions with other roasters like like i don't know anything about the coffee industry per se so like um like, have you had interactions with other roasters? Like, have people been helpful? Is it a little bit more like standoff? Like, in the podcasting community, I, you know, um, I went to a meetup of podcasters. Well, that was pre-COVID, like, before COVID hit. Um, and I, I walk into this room, there's all these podcasters. I was, at the time, I think I had one episode posted. So I was kind of like, I don't know what to expect. I walk in, I go, hey, I'm a new podcaster. Come on in, buddy. (laughs) They were like, what are you using? What are you, you know, people are just throwing me cards. People are writing down notes for me. I was just like, this is amazing. You know, it's a very welcoming uh, community, like extremely welcoming, you know? Mm -hmm. And so has the coffee, roasting coffee, entrepreneur, you know, have, how how's the reception been or have you had interaction with other roasters and, you know, others in, in the, in, you know, in the industry, I suppose, is the word I'm looking for. Yeah, I think that like outside Brewpoint, which again, obviously they've been amazing. Pete is their head roaster. And so he's, you know, there was no like 
competition there. Like you said before, it's a coffee town, but there, you know, with Pete, there was like no feeling of competition. There's Mm -hmm. no like, Oh, well I use this, but you can't. He very much like texts us and he'll be like, Hey, here's all the beans we're like getting in. Do you guys want to get in on any of these origins or like whatever, you know what I mean? He's very collaborative, even though, you know, we're using the same machine. We're obviously working for two separate companies, but like very much like a sharing base. The only other roaster that we've had the opportunity to cross to sparrow yeah. and like uh, ultimately like anyone that we've met so far has been fully collaborative and like okay. you're like, welcoming like you're walk, walking in and, and like having the world shown to you in a way that you're just not expecting like right i fully expected people to be a bit more guarded about information and proprietariness and things of like that nature but people really like if you get it you get it figure it out like right Here's all the information. If you're willing to take the time to, to learn it yourself, then by all means, like it's great like, to have somebody welcome to, to the, the club. club. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, holy shit. <laughs> We're expecting <laughs> you here. Like, I don't know. It is such a nuanced like process. It is a very like highly technical process. The equipment is kind of convoluted and, and challenging to understand and, and very large. And the software is based on graphs and all that. So it's kind of like if you pass that bar of like, calling yourself an actual and being an active coffee roaster in the first place it is kind of like that door open of like come on in let's let's talk origins let's talk curve let's you know what i mean like all of these so it's like even though we haven't been able to do like a meetup or you know any sort of thing like that that's on a massive scale just because we started in covid like Mm -hmm. i from what we have received and in a time when you know if there was ever a time to be hyper proprietary and guarded about your income source. It would be now, be right? Now. Absolutely. But they haven't, our experience has not been that, which is oh, such a blessing. Wonderful. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's, that's like what I say with the podcast. Like I'm like, like I have a, a group of podcasters I've become really good friends with now. I'm like, look, there's more than enough people for everybody. <laughs> right. There's enough to go around. <laughs> Exactly. And we, you know, I feel like a lot of times that like, you know, we're not going to get into like capitalism. There's not enough time in the day to talk about that. But I feel like a lot of times, you know, that, that, um, mentality of like another coin in your pocket, another customer you have is one less customer I have. It's like, Oh my God, that, that couldn't be less true. Especially now with the internet, your reach is infinite. Your potential is Mm. infinite. Like it's kind of like, if you have a niche, that mentality of competition doesn't need to exist. Yeah, anymore. absolutely. Oh, I dig it. I dig it. And and so, can my listener? So, where can my list? Well, I know they can go to the website. Is there anywhere outside the website listeners can go to pick up Bay Coffee? Um. Yes. Do you want to tell them? Sure. All right. <laughs> We're, we have a uh, two current suburban locations. One is a uh, carnivore butcher shop in Oak Park. And the other one is Sugar Beet Cooperative in Oak Park as well. So a couple uh, independent uh, small businesses that are carrying our beans. Um, we are in the process. Are we going to tell them? Oh. No? Uh-huh. We're in the pre-pre process of being our own Brick and mortar yeah. establishment. Oh, exciting! Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> We're starting rumors here and breaking news. Yeah, Let's do it. Whisper, whisper, whisper. <laughs> 
but yes, so hopefully soon the Northside community will have a place to come and gather and be and pick up their beans. Um, oh my gosh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Breaking news. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also want to shout out um, River Forest Kitchen too. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. They have a kind of really cool local Chicago and suburban vendor collaborative um, where basically they have kind of this curated list. Uh, Cheryl, the the owner and operator of that initiative, um, sends out a newsletter every week for all these amazing vendors. We're lucky enough to be on that vendor list. And the Sugar Bean Schoolhouse. Yep, and, and you can yeah. kind of like purchase through their newsletter um, and then have it delivered to you on Fridays. So that's oh, really wonderful. nice. You kind of want that short turnaround without having to go walk out your door. Um, but then yeah, the other ultimate place, if you're chill with e-commerce is, um, baycoffeeco.com. Baycoffeeco.com. Absolutely. (laughs) And uh, and we're going to try to get into some, um, farmer's markets throughout the, uh, throughout the near future as well. Oh, that'd be wonderful. So, so we just mentioned the website, go ahead and tell my listeners like your other, uh, social media, everything. Yes. What's lucky, we've made it really easy for everybody. So it's baycoffeeco.com. It's also at baycoffeeco everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I think that's it. Um, Yes. But it's baycoffeeco. Wherever you want to find us, we're probably there. Oh, that's fabulous. Okay. And I, I, I check your, obviously, I, I'm sure you know I check your Instagram a lot. Yes, I see you. I'm liking back. It's a very reciprocal relationship. Absolutely. No, I enjoy, I enjoy your, your Instagram so much. It's just, it's just a great aesthetic that you guys have established there. It's Thank really, you. really cool. Um, so my last question, uh, so this is season three of the podcast. I'm kind of establishing some new norm because I feel like season one and season two are me trying to figure it out. And now season three is me trying to like, walk in a straight line like, like okay i'm exactly. walking let's see if we can get from point a to point b so a, a question i i want to ask you i want to ask all my guests um based on your experiences what is one the best piece of advice you would offer my listeners um and that's a very open-ended question i know but just kind of based on you know your perspective up to this point what's a great piece of advice you would offer um my my listeners You can go first, yeah. Do it. Whatever the thing is, if you're listening to this right now and you've got that thing in the back of your head that kind of comes up at like 10.30 p.m. and then like weirdly at like 1.32 in the afternoon and it just doesn't quite go away, it's always that little brain tickle that you're like, what if I did that? That might be kind of cool. No, I'm not going to do it. This is your sign to do it. There is no reason not to just start just take that first step and I know when like you know we say just do it it's like well how do I just like start a business overnight I can't just do that no you can but you can start an Instagram you can start googling names that you've been noodling around with you know to see if it's available you can take that first step because that first step is inevitably going to lead to that second step whether it's securing the name you really like starting to post on that instagram that you did you know make in 5 minutes right start little and love the little moments but do it because there's no reason to put it off life's too short for bad coffee but it's also too short for you know, wasting your own time. That's in, on, on things you don't love, on people who don't serve you, on mentalities that don't serve you anymore. Um, so do it. Do it small, but do it. Oh, I love it. And Devin? 
Ultimately, just it's about remaining undeterred because a lot of things are going to happen that are going to push you off your goals. If you choose to take them as lessons instead of uh, it's really it's really just about your own perspective. Like if you're going into it, assuming that everything that happens negatively is another notch against you, then you're going to fail. And like, what's the worst case scenario here? What's failing? What is failing? Returning to working hourly, returning to working for someone else, the thing that you're already doing. It, it like we all need to just shit or get off the pot. We all need to just push ourselves a little bit further because that's the only way toward your goal. Otherwise, you just stay doing the same old thing. And be, it's like the the pain of change becoming somehow less painful than your current situation. And that's the only time that you can get out of it. So that's all I got. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, thank you both so much. Um, if you guys have, if I, did I miss anything or is there anything else that you want to add for my listeners? Uh, now's the time. <laughs> no, I, I love it. Not that I can think of, you know, we plugged the Instagram, the website, everything like that. Um, if you sign up, you'll get a free discount code. If you want the coffee straight to you, speaking of coffee straight to you, <laughs> Dion, we are going to get you that coffee ASAP. So brought me your, um, your address soon and we're going to send some cute stuff your way. Oh, you're the best. Thank you yeah. so much. I would appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank I have you. a, I have an espresso machine. So yeah, I'll, I'll, oh. I'll We'll make it happen, right? Yes. <laughs> we have something for you. Yes, we do. <laughs> but yeah, but I so once once things get a little better, I I, I definitely want to connect with you guys. I you know I want to I want to see the operation. I want to hang out. I want to. <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, fingers crossed, we'll have a place to invite you to. Yep. to yes. I know, yep. and I'm starting a YouTube page, so that'd be perfect because then we could do some video. It'll be fabulous. Uh, I love it. We <laughs> love to see it. Well, we're we're writing the invites as we speak. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> so you. one last thing, totally off topic, but I, I have to say this because I noticed this. You guys did an interview with Channel 2, and this this was something I noticed, and I noticed it today. I know my listeners can't see you, but I can. And like just – I so I'm super single. I'm as single as they get. And I hope I find someone who looks at me the way you two look at each other. Like it's just like – amazing like i just totally dig it it's just so so cool i think that's one of those things that like we don't necessarily show appreciation enough to you know how people appreciate each other and it's just so obvious and palpable how much you guys appreciate each other and i just i dig it like i i totally i'm I'm a bit of a hopeless romantic you wouldn't know it based on my dating history but But I appreciate I appreciate that. So also kudos to you guys for having a successful business and for being like a super cute couple and just being like <laughs> requires as much, if not more work than oh, any other thing. But it's I don't just, doubt it. It's just like anything else. It's just, it's what you put into it that you get back. Yes. Yeah. Oh. All right. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Dion. Thank you, Dion. This uh, is so amazing. Oh, so much fun. 
oh my God, it was so great revisiting that conversation when I was editing it. I, I feel like I owe a apology to Alicia and Devin. I feel like it's been so long since when we had that conversation to now. Um, but Alicia and Devin are amazing folks and it was just super fun to sit and talk with them. I look forward to talking with them more in the future and getting that coffee and podcast episode uh, recorded at some time, hopefully in the near future as well. So be sure to check the episode notes for links to all the people, places and things that Alicia and Devin mentioned, as well as links to all things Bay Coffee. You can also check out Off The Beaten Podcast um, and all my links are down there for social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that's in the episode notes. Okay, and then that's it. Uh, from the Woodlawn community of Chicago to you, thank you for listening. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Let's get those algorithms on our side and get this show in more AirPods. Do you have AirPods? I need to get a pair of AirPods. <laughs> All right. As always, I will see you next time. Be good. Do good. Peace.